0: What it is, is marketing that's based on performance, that's based on data. So data-driven, what does that mean? Performance marketing is more than SEO, it's more than just figuring out how to put some ads on social media. It's about creating marketing and advertising campaigns that demonstrate real progress in driving new business to your practice. It allows you to understand that when you invest a certain dollar amount into your marketing, that you can expect a certain return on that investment. So the basics of performance marketing is that it's a comprehensive term for online marketing and advertising where you only pay when a certain action occurs. And some examples of that that you are probably familiar with are things like clicking on an ad, booking a paid consultation, taking a specific action on your website. Welcome, everyone, to Section Cut, our first ever conference dedicated to the stories of leaders who are innovating on practice operations.
1: We have here our next speaker, Hope Tori, from Hope Works Design, for the value of investing in performance marketing. I think this is probably one of my favorite topics talking about marketing. So let's welcome Hope to the stage. Thank you. Hi, how is it going? How are you? Doing well. Doing well. And you? Thanks for being here. We're so excited to learn about marketing. So I will let you take it away. Excellent. Yeah, I love
0: talking about this. So let's hope I can keep it within the time frame. <laughs> so today I'm talking about the value of investing in performance marketing for architects. But what is performance marketing? Is it branding? Is it SEO? Is it advertising? What it is, is marketing that's based on performance, that's based on data. So data-driven, what does that mean? Performance marketing is more than SEO. It's more than just figuring out how to put some ads on social media. It's about creating marketing and advertising campaigns that demonstrate real progress in driving new business to your practice. It allows you to understand that when you invest a certain dollar amount into your marketing, That you can expect a certain return on that investment. So, the basics of performance marketing is that it's a comprehensive term for online marketing and advertising where you only pay when a certain action occurs. And some examples of that that you are probably familiar with are things like clicking on an ad, booking a paid consultation, taking a specific action on your website. So, there's a little confusion sometimes around marketing, especially with performance marketing, versus brand marketing. Brand marketing is really about defining your firm's reputation, what your values are, what your offerings are, your authority and trustworthiness. It seeks to enhance your credibility. It tends to prompt emotional responses from your target market to increase your client loyalty. And it's about motivating lead generation all great things brand marketing is very important however performance marketing is really in the realm of concrete measurable data so it's all about the analytics the conversions the click through rates the number of bookings that you've got from your campaigns it uses tracked metrics to align to your goals and really drive the results that your firm wants to achieve so why should architects invest in performance marketing The number one reason is that it's a proactive action instead of reactive. So marketing can ebb and flow, right? Or at least your attention to marketing can ebb and flow. If you're really busy, you know, marketing is often the first thing to get put in the back burner. When things are less busy, that's when you have the time to really put into creating marketing materials and doing all the things you need to do that you know you're supposed to do to market your firm. Well, that's fine. And you should be doing those things. And that's better than just sitting around waiting for a phone call. However, with proactive action, like performance marketing, you can get your brand message in front of your ideal prospects efficiently and effectively, wherever they are and everywhere they are. And this type of marketing, because it's data-based decision-making, it's going to save you time. Like you are paying for a certain result and that's it. And it's going to run regardless of how busy you are or how not busy you are. Because marketing is a time or money investment, right? So unpaid marketing channels, they don't cost much money, but they cost your time. And paid marketing channels don't cost time, really, but they do cost money. So performance marketing helps you leverage the rest of your business development and branding efforts in a cost and time effective way. How to measure your campaigns. So everything is all about about data, right? Data-driven this, data-driven that. what does that mean and how are you measuring what's successful or not? I'm going to throw a bunch of acronyms your way. Get ready. Here we go. I'm going to quiz you on this after, maybe. But we have a few acronyms here that are important to know. CPL, CPM, CPC, CPA, LTV, and CAC. What are all those acronyms? CPL is cost per lead. So, very straightforward is however much it costs you to get a lead. CPM is cost per mil or cost per thousand. That's my least favorite of these terms. It's basically the cost. It's what it costs you for a thousand views um, on your content. CPC is cost per click. So every time there's a click, you pay a certain amount of money. CPA is cost per action. Very similar, but instead of per click, it's Whatever action you want them to take might not necessarily be a click. LTV is lifetime value of your clients, and CAC is client acquisition cost. Those two last ones are very, very important numbers that you should know. LTV, CAC. These are the keys to successful performance marketing campaigns. But how do you know what they are? How do you calculate them? Your LTV. Is basically your lifetime client revenue minus your lifetime client costs. So this can get a little more complicated, but just as a very simple example, if your client has brought in 100 grand in revenue over the lifetime of your relationship and the total cost of servicing that client was about 50 grand, then that client's LTV is 50 grand. Now, this gets a little more complicated because the idea is that your client over time will bring in more and more revenue, either directly by working with you on more projects, but they also can bring more revenue and value to you by referring other projects or other clients to you. And that counts as well. But we're going to keep it simple today. So the next is CAC, client acquisition cost, Another simple metric So CAC equals all your marketing costs spent on acquiring more clients divided by the number of clients you actually acquired in the period of time that that money was spent. So for example, another very simple example, if your firm spent three grand on marketing initiatives in a year and acquired 10 clients within that year, then your CAC or client acquisition cost is $300. Now again, we can get into the weeds with this and make it more complicated but that's the basic thing you need to know and if you know both of these numbers then you'll know how to frame what will be a successful marketing campaign you will know how much you should budget because you know how much it is it's going to take you to acquire a client so let's move on to building your strategy this is the fun part there's four major steps to building out a performance marketing strategy we'll take this one step at a time So, step one is just establishing your campaign goal. And general goal types, whether you're trying to just generate brand awareness or whether you are trying to have prospects take a specific action on your site, or you're trying to generate leads via a form, or you're trying to get bookings, these five different goal types are likely to be one of your your types, one of the ones you're going to choose. So, one is just brand awareness. And that is, that's a pretty loose one, but we can set some metrics. So that could be you want to increase the amount of likes on your Facebook company page. You want to increase the followers for your LinkedIn company page. You want to increase the followers for the engagement on your Instagram company page. You want to have a certain amount of traffic going to a specific landing page on your website. That, where people could you know download a brochure about your services or some other type of informational download. Then there's website traffic. So if you're not getting a lot of website traffic, you can pay for it. Other methods like SEO are great, but they do take time. If you pay for it, it happens right away. So if you need to get more traffic and not just any traffic, but very targeted traffic, then this is a great goal type for you. Then there's remarketing or retargeting. Now, that one's a little more complicated, but basically, once you've had some type of interaction with your target market, whether they've taken certain actions on your website or they have interacted with your ads in a certain way, if they've interacted with any of your social media in a certain way, you can track all of that and then decide you want to send them certain messages based on what they've done already. And then there's engagement. Engagement is usually tied to social media. So you want to increase engagement on your social posts, no matter what platform that you are trying to increase engagement on. But generally, that is involving creating uh, content that you believe will resonate with your target market and you know get them to like it, get them to save it, get them to share it, whatever action it is that you want them to do. To boost engagement, and then there's general lead generation. So you can have a campaign that funnels people to a form. They fill out the form, so you get their contact information, and then they get whatever it is is the bargain, you know, for giving you their information. So often it's a download, or it could be a video, it could be signing up for a free or paid consultation, something along those lines, where you're doing some type of lead capture. So step two, choose your digital channels. So there's something called channel fit. And that's where you assess and decide which digital channel, and it could be more than one, is right for your practice for performance marketing. And there's a few things you can look at to try and figure this out. One is audience targeting. So are your ideal prospects on that channel? If they are, then you probably should be marketing to them on that channel. The next thing is audience volume. Does the channel in question have a large active user base? So likely it will if you're looking at the most popular social media platforms. So the Facebooks, the Twitters, the LinkedIn's, the Instagram's, um, they definitely have, you don't even have to question it, they have a large active user base. Depending on who you're trying to target, they may be more active on one platform over the other. And a little bit of research will tell you that. But either way, you don't really have to worry too much about selecting something that won't have a large enough audience volume to work for your marketing. And then the last thing you want to look at is ad units. So that's just a funny term for what the actual creative looks like that you need to create for the platform. So on Facebook, that would be a lot of um, visual ads and for Instagram as well as visual ads, you know, really compelling slick images and a little bit of text for, say, Google ads. Unless you're doing display ads, it's going to be all text. Let's move on to step three. Create and launch. That's the fun part. So you have got some creative together. This is just a few examples from different um, firms. You have different options based on what platform you're on. But you can do carousel ads, video ads, single image ads. If you're on Google, text ads. And this is where the magic happens because you're putting together imagery and text that will create that spark and attract the attention of your target market and get them to interact with your ad and do what you want them to do. And then the final step is to measure and optimize. And this is the most important step because this is where all the data is. And the data tells you what's working, what's not working, what you should do more of, what you should stop, what you might need to test and tweak. This is what it's all about. (laughs) It's about this, this phase, this data phase. So here is an example of a client's Google ad results for a six month ad run. And there's four different campaigns, And you can see that over that time period, they spent just over $6,000. And the action that we wanted people to take was to submit a form. And so 10 people submitted the form. And that might not seem like a lot, but form submissions, especially for architects, tend to be kind of low if they're coming directly from an ad and not a landing page. And also, if if your offer for the form is a consultation, that's also going to be a tough sell. So you're not going to get a large number of people doing that, not straight off of the bat. It can happen. That's not usually likely. But what's interesting about this is that they got the 10 form submissions. Of those 10 form submissions, three of those people became clients. And so while they spent, you know, just over six grand, that's about a grand a month to get 10 form submissions, they got three clients out of that. And those three clients by far in the way, have more than covered the ad costs. So this campaign was deemed a success. Something else that I wanna draw your attention to is campaign A and campaign C. So if we're looking at the data, and that's where the arrows are pointing to, you see that campaign A had three form submissions, campaign C had six, campaign B had just one, and campaign D had just zero. And what that tells me over the, Life of this ad run is that okay? Well, campaign D is not really working, let's just turn that off. Campaign B isn't converting so well. You know, we're getting a decent amount of clicks, but we only got one conversion, one form submission. That's not great. But campaign A and campaign C, it's like, oh, well, that's where we need to spend more money because they're working, they're successful. And that's the sort of analysis that needs to happen with the data as it comes in. And you don't need to be obsessive about it, but you need to look at it regularly, see what it's telling you and make decisions accordingly. And I can talk a lot more about that later. So yeah, this I personally find this as the best part. This is the fun part because you get to see all the numbers, you get to see what's working, you get to test things in real time. And you know that as you improve the campaign over the life of the campaign, you're just going to get more and more ROI out of it. And that's great. That just means there's more profit for your firm. So who doesn't want more profit, right? Let's talk a little bit about the benefits of performance marketing. There's really three big ones, three big benefits to know about. And that is easy to track performance, low risk, and that these type of campaigns or this type of marketing is always ROI focused. So return of investment focused easy to track performance. That just means that everything is tracked and measured and it's done for you by the tools that you're using. So you just need to know how to interpret the data, but you know exactly what's happening. You can tell what's working, what's not working. You can see, oh, this ad from Facebook seems to be working really well. This ad on LinkedIn that has the exact same copy isn't really performing as well. Let's change that or turn that off. But it gives you a lot of control over where your money is going. The low risk, that means that you are paying for what actions that you want. So, and you're not paying for other things. So a comparison would be when you take out an ad in a publication, you're not guaranteed a certain amount of um, leads anytime that you run an ad in a publication. You pay money up front and it's for a set term and you send in the ad creative, and it runs. And maybe you get something off of that, and maybe you don't. With performance marketing, you don't pay until the action that you want is taken. And so there's no upfront payments there. And you can control and decide exactly where your your content goes and who it is in front of. And if something's not working, you can change it on the fly. You can't do that if you're taking out an ad in a publication. And ROI focus, that's really the crux of performance marketing. It's all about the return. It's all about getting more than what you put into it. So if your acquisition cost is, say, $300 for a qualified lead or a client, then you know, okay, well, I want this many clients for this year. That's going to cost me this much money. So I should budget, you know, X amount of dollars. And we're going to put that into our campaign. And I'm going to expect at the end of the year to have, you know, the X number of clients that I desire. And there's a little more to it with the details, but generally that's how it works. It's something that you can be assured that you're getting a return on your your value, on your investment. And... For those of you that have had bad experiences with paid ads, um, or you felt like you've tried ads and it just didn't work, one caveat I have to say about performance marketing is that it does have to be set up properly. It's not difficult to do. You have to know what you're doing, but it's not difficult. But you do need to have the right things in place. You need to really understand your target market so that the messaging that you create for your ads will resonate with them. You need to understand what it is that they are looking for, because sometimes there's a mismatch between what you think they need or what you know they need versus what they think they need. And especially in architecture, So, especially within residential architecture, so many clients have no idea what architects do. So there's a lot of educational lead up that needs to kind of happen within your campaigns. But if your campaign is set up correctly and you have the correct amount of budget for it, then you will see a return on your investment. So let's do a quick recap. I wanted to have lots of time for questions because I figure there will probably be uh, some good ones that would spark some more conversation, but let's recap what we've gone over. So we've learned that performance marketing allows you to understand that when you invest a certain dollar amount in your marketing, you can expect a certain return on that investment. And it does that by using tracked metrics to align the goals of your business strategy to drive the results that your firm wants to achieve. You know now that you need to understand what your LTV and your CAC numbers are before you begin a campaign. When designing your marketing campaign, identifying your measurable goals and zeroing in on your target audience will help you to have a successful campaign. And so there's a little graphic, it's kind of like a racetrack (laughs) to go along with the performance theme. But all of the elements that's within this graphic, so plan and align, invest and execute, attract, acquire, retain, measure and optimize, and then it just keeps looping around. That is a diagram of how these campaigns work. You plan, you invest, you execute, and then you loop around through the attract, acquire, retain, you come back around, you measure, you optimize to further improve your campaigns, and you start all over again, and you just keep doing it until you want to turn it off. And the great thing about performance marketing is that if you're too busy and you have plenty of clients and projects in the pipeline, just turn your campaign off. When you do need more, turn it on. So I'm interested to see if there's any questions. And that is the end
1: of my presentation. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Hope. That was so helpful. I'm, I'm a marketer myself, so I'm like geeking it over <laughs> <laughs> so we have a few questions from people on the chat um emma was asking how do you track your performance from marketing for example do you capture a converted client from an instagram post so
0: if it's from an organic instagram post you can track that so if you're familiar with linktree or LinkedIn bio. There's a bunch of different apps that allow you to make that use of that one link in the bio that Instagram gives you to have multiple links. So that way, every post that you post on Instagram, you can associate with a unique link. And if you add what's called UTMs on those links, you, you will be able to track what people are doing. So if someone clicks through from a specific post on Instagram, that'll be tracked. And then if they take further action on your website, that'll be tracked. So you'll, you'll know what they're up to, like what they're doing. And you can, depending on what the data is and what they're doing, what your objectives are, you can create a campaign around that. If you're talking about Instagram ads, well, that's even easier. You still want to use UTMs for your, the links that you have in your Instagram ads. So if you're looking at Instagram ad data, you're going to actually be looking at Facebook because if you run ads, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, it's, it's all kept in the Facebook ad manager and you will see everything there. There's so much data, like <laughs> there's data you won't even know what to do with. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you can, you can fairly easily track that and based on what you're seeing, you can make decisions. And that's the that's the key part is that you're making decisions based on data, not based on how you feel or what
1: you think is happening. It's something, it's based on something that's concrete. Yeah. And Sarah has a question. Are there specific sectors performance marketing works best for? I think in Mm -hmm. terms of different sectors in architecture. That's a really
0: good question. Thanks, Sarah. That's a good (laughs) one. Yes and no. It really comes down to what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve. So if you do a lot of public sector work, not quite so much. In terms of brand awareness, yes, but in terms of, you know, directly getting a, a lead from an ad, no, cause that's not how you get public sector work anyway. But in terms of just, you know, getting your brand out there, having the general public understand who you are, a lot of that builds on top of each other. And so you never know who people know. So the thing is, if you're running a brand awareness campaign, Someone that is a key stakeholder in a project might become aware of you that way, and you might not even know this, but you'll have a little in. So when you submit your RP, they are already familiar with you because you run the brand campaign. So some sectors of the industry are a little, a little more of a stretch. You have to do a little bit more work, but the data is still there, and you just have to be very, very focused on what your goal is. If you are doing commercial work or residential work. That's a more obvious match, but it can work for any sector. It just really depends on what it is you're
1: trying to do. I don't know. In my hand just thinking it probably won't work for schools because most of the schools are public, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think it, it really can. depends on this. Yeah, it can, but it would be like in terms of schools,
0: it would be a much more roundabout way. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be direct at all because you don't get projects like that <laughs> right. and that in that way. But it can help so again if you are struggling to win projects and what you do with schools but you're just not not winning those projects you could try brand awareness campaign i mean at first i would recommend that if you do fail to win to check in and to see why you know just do a, a debrief find out you know why you weren't chosen and if it seems to be the fact that that it seems to be that maybe people are uncertain, like you had a great submittal, but they don't really know your firm or who you are, then
1: maybe running a brand awareness campaign can can help with that. Thanks for that, Hope. So there was a discussion in the chat about CTA. Can you explain a little bit what CTA is? CTA, that
0: stands for call to action. So that's just what you want them to do. A CTA can be as simple as when you post something on Instagram and you tell people to click the link in bio, that's a CTA. If you um, send out an email and you have links in the email and it says, you know, um, check out my latest blog post and here's the link, that's a CTA. That's all it is. You just, whatever it is
1: you want them to do, it's a call to action. Do you think there's some specific, like, good call to actions for firms in uh, when they're doing ads like performance ads campaign again it depends
0: on what yeah, the ad's about like what's the end, when, end goal of the campaign generally it's going to be something like learn more or sign up or and also depending on their platform you might be restricted so you might only have a choice of like Five different ones and you just have to choose the one that fits the best so in that case it might not be something you can control that much but generally you want them if your goal is to get them to go to a landing page then you want them to click through if the goal is to get them to sign up for something then you want to tell them sign up if the goal is to get them to download like not to say like i don't want to sound condescending but honestly you need to lead people by the nose like, if you want them to download, say the words download this or download now. You have to be very, very direct,
1: and then people will know what to do. Definitely. So we have another question from Emma Do you ever track in person networking?
0: It's harder. You can do it. If you are talking about the trade show situation, if you are, if we have a booth at the trade show, then you definitely should have some way of capturing contact information, not just exchanging business cards, but have like an iPad that's open. Like before the trade show happens, you should set up on your website a form to collect people's contact information and put that on an iPad. And, or if you have like one of those giant phones, like I like the smaller phones, but if you have one of those giant phones, (laughs) you can put it on that too. So when you're at the trade show, you know, you have an iPad, if anyone else is with you, they have an iPad as well. It's already open to that page with the form on it. You can just have people quickly fill in the form, name and and email address and whatever other contact information you want from them. Even if they also are giving you a business card, like still do the business card exchange, but get them to sign up on the form as well. And that way that will go into your CRM and it will be much easier to track. A really manual way of doing it is to collect all those business cards, make little notes about who they are, and then after the trade shows over, manually like import all of that into your CRM.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. We have another question here. Do you recommend outsourcing ads or just learning ourselves to do it? How much time do you have?
0: (laughs) I would say I like for firm leaders to learn at least a little bit, at least how they work. Even if you're never actually going to create the ads yourself, because it's a good idea to have some foundational understanding so that when you outsource it, you'll know how to evaluate the person that you are outsourcing to you need to have some ideas. So even if it's just a quick crash course, you know, a two-hour online course you've got, just so you can familiarize yourself with it, do that. If you love this stuff, if you love to geek out on data, then yeah, and you have the time. If you <laughs> are, I'm just thinking, I, I'm thinking back to what uh, Rena was saying about spending too much time, like, like <laughs> <unnotable> time. So, <laughs> so if you are, if you are already spending too much unbillable time doing other things then no don't do your own (laughs) ads. but if you have the time or you have someone on staff that can kind of own that then yeah like learn it and do it yourself reach out to a consultant to kind of help guide you there's no reason why you couldn't do it in-house but it will take some education and then if the time or the i guess like the bandwidth isn't there in-house then yeah definitely outsource but you should still have an idea about what They're doing for you.
1: Yeah, so you know if the campaign was successful or not. Mm -hmm. You know what you're spending money on. Exactly. (laughs) There was another question earlier What platforms do you think are most effective for architects to run ads
0: on? That's a good question, too. So, again, depends on your objectives, (laughs) but generally, Facebook and Instagram are pretty great because everybody's on them. So you've got a huge pool of people. Even if, you know, you don't do any residential work, your people are still on them because everyone's on them, <laughs> on those platforms. So you're going to reach them. LinkedIn can be helpful. The cost tend to be a little bit higher, but it's more targeted because you are getting right in front of, you know, the the CEOs and CMOs and other High net worth individuals pretty quickly. So it's actually worth that higher cost. Google can be really great as well. Google search ads. It depends on what the ad is for. So if you are just wanting to share your project, then I would say stick to visual-based platforms like Instagram. 'Cause that those are that's already a, a visual platform and all you're doing is posting, well, posting your well, you're not boosting your post, but you're just taking something you already share and getting it in front of more people.
1: Yeah, those are great advice. Thank you so much, Hope. That was super helpful.
0: Hey, it's Chris from Monograph. Thank you so much for joining us here. At Monograph, we're building the number one practice operations platform for small to mid-size architecture firms. More than 200 practices are using Monograph today to run the business side of architecture. You can start a free trial today or watch a live demo with our CEO, Robert Ewan. Get started at monograph.com. That's monograph.com. Talk to you soon.